It's five o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. <laughs> hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. <laughs> Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Looking for jingle bells, jingle bells. It was like Jing Jingity from uh, our guy Frank Sinatra. Who, by uh, the way, sorry, this was the one I saw. I know which one you're talking about. That's the one where he spells jingle bells. That one's bad. It's cracked the top 20 oh. on the Billboard chart. Uh, you know what? Now it's Michael just pointed to it. I see it now. He's like, I want so those J-I-N-G-L-E bells. It's terrible. This. It's bad. I want to hear this. No, I don't want to hear this. I want to hear that. Stop this and play that. I want to hear it. We're off to a rousing start here on the Festivus for the Rest of Us edition. Here we go. This is a top 20 song. It's Blue Eyes' first top 20 hit. I don't like this version. What do you think, Joey Football? What, what, what are your thoughts on this Frank Sinatra weird? Hey, hang version? on. Let's hear it first. Hang on. Here we go. Here comes Frank. About three scotches in. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle there we go. Bells, jingle bells, Top 20 song in the country right now. All right, it is, uh, it is to ride in a our Festivus edition here. A Festivus for the rest of us. Uh, we'll have the airing of grievances with our various guests. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. We'll get to that in a minute. I have a lot of problems with you people. I do. No, uh, you're going to hear about it. Damn right. Um... Highly coveted 6 p.m. on the Friday before Christmas on the radio time slot. Video going on earlier in the day. If you uh, missed us and you're with us on radio, Merry Christmas to you. It's our annual uh, Festivus for the rest of us that we have here on the Patrick Johnson Show. And we've had now for the last five years. Uh, Philip the Ref Pilkington, you've heard from him. little production assistance from uh, Michael Busimi today. Busy guy, and uh, you just saw him a moment ago if you're with us on the video feed. Joey Football, Joe Sampson, great addition to the team this year. Joining us from, uh, I guess, the library in the uh, Sampson Mansion because there's a bookshelf back there. What's up, Joe? Merry Christmas. Oh, we don't have Joe. His volume is uh, not up. Your volume's up on my end, Joe. It just worked good. What did you change? All right, let's see if we can get Joe linked back up, Pilk. Uh, work on that. This will give me a chance to uh, do it here at the beginning of the show, rather at the uh, end of the show. But I wanted to wish certainly our listeners and uh, viewers and everybody a very Merry Christmas. We've had uh, a unique year, challenging at times with the show. But uh, we, uh, by and by, uh, 
have uh, carried on and looking forward to 2024 with some uh, uh, new things planned for you with the PJ show and uh, very much looking forward to uh, 2024 in many ways, uh, a uh, fresh start, a new year. And uh, we start that, of course, hoping that you have a joyous and uh, sensational uh, Christmas season. And uh, it is a blessed new year for you. Uh, lots of people to thank. I want to thank uh, Ben Byram for uh, being with us earlier in the year. Uh, also, Chris Cook. Uh, I want to thank Michael, of course. He's been very helpful this year. Uh, Phillips done a fantastic job. Uh, Dom Kosolke, uh has uh, done very well and helped us out uh, this year. I think we're going to lose. And uh, we've uh, also had uh, Joe Sampson. And uh, we've also had uh, Scooter help us, uh, Scotty Rogers, during the uh, course of the year. So uh, Clark also in there. So we, we had a lot of people that uh, kind of put all this together this year. And I want to thank them. I want to thank uh, the staff and folks at IBX Media. We have a lot of fun uh, with them. But uh, thanks, of course, to Henry Hinton, Hank Hinton, uh, Jana Fields, uh, also the sales team, uh, Dylan McKay, uh, and also uh, Dan Miller, Dr. No. And uh, wanted to also thank uh, Bobby, 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 uh, all the sponsors. We've, we've got great sponsors on this station. Uh, it's also been a fun year getting to know Steve and I go better and working with him. Uh, so Merry Christmas to him. We'll hear from I go in a little bit, uh, and a great response to the Steve Logan show, which, uh, the best of was leading into this year. So if it was that good and we know it is, hopefully, uh, we've got, we've been able to carry over the audience. So, uh, thanks to all of those folks. Uh, and most of all, thanks to you, the folks who have, uh, Consume the show, be it uh, on radio, daily, live, uh, be it on the uh, app, the IBX Media app live, or be it on uh, a, a podcast form, video review form, the live stream that we do on the video platforms. That's actually growing for us, which is good. Uh, so we really appreciate uh, all of that. And I'm, I'm looking very much forward to 2024 with IBX and uh, with all of you. Pilk, are we uh, good? So I just want to say Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh, I hope it's a safe one, and I hope it's a safe and happy new year as well. Uh, we, are, we will be back next week for uh, shows on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, so uh, pay attention to our social media for that. And uh, it's part of the uh, P-Man I'm Broke Tour. So there you go. All right. Uh, Pilk, do we have Joe Sampson back in the house? Yes, there we go. Joey football. Let's start again. Take two. Merry Christmas. We don't have Joey football. He's moved. He's talking and we don't hear him. Let's get him on the phone. Pilk. We'll just do that. We'll get uh, Joey football on the uh, telephone. Old school. Uh, I can't imagine that the Festivus show would be going any smoother. Another Festivus. Miracle. If we get him on, it will be. If we get him on, it will be. Steve and I go coming up in a few minutes. Brian Mull discussing basketball. And everybody will air their uh, grievances. Another Festivus miracle. It will be. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. There you have it. I've got some interesting ones this year. See how I feel about uh, sharing them with the uh, populace. But uh, we will see here. Let me know when we got Joey Football on the phone, Pilgrim. A Festivus for the rest of Yes. Um, congratulations to ECU women's basketball winning last night. They cruised, or excuse me, yesterday afternoon they cruised. Uh, so uh, they will be uh, in action again a week from tomorrow when they host number one South Carolina. Expect a big crowd for that. 
Uh, and then the men will play a week from tonight. In fact, at uh, this time, everybody will be warming up, getting ready for ECU and East Tennessee State. East Tennessee State, by the way, plays out west tonight, 9 o'clock against Utah State. So you talk about a want to get out of town and get to the uh, get to the uh, Christmas break game. That could very well be it. So it'll be interesting to see how East Tennessee responds uh, there tonight. Uh, they are 7-4 and four entering the uh, fray. Uh, and then uh, I know in the state, NC State plays tomorrow against Detroit Mercy, have mercy. And uh, also coming up uh, in the uh, local sports scene, if you will, uh, Duke will play bowl game tomorrow. Uh, you can hear that on Talk 103.7 WTIB. Uh, they'll be in the Birmingham Bowl, the same bowl the Pirates won last year. They'll be taking on Troy. So Duke has won four bowl games in a row dating back to 2015. Of course, they've had some upheaval this year. And uh, we also have coming up uh, – Sunday on Talk 103.7, Christmas Eve, uh, we're going to have uh, Panther football for you as they take on Green Bay. One other thing I didn't say in my Christmas, uh, we, we have kind of regularly scheduled guests during you know parts of the season, the football season. I want to wish all those folks, too, uh, a Merry Christmas. I don't want to start naming them, but uh, you know who a lot of them are, Sonny and Doug Martin and uh, Maul and Cy and uh, Jim Zoki. So, you know, it's... Uh, cast of dozens that uh, we we like to talk to uh, a good holiday to brett friedlander we like to have on dimitri so we we like to have uh, kind of joe Gilio. we kind of rotated around and have a bunch of people uh, on at various times okay uh we got joe sampson i'm told uh joey football merry christmas for the third time merry christmas patrick and happy festivus for the rest of us <laughs> hang on we have it here uh yes i celebrate Festivus. We are today. Uh, we're going to have Igo in five minutes, so let me just ask you a quick question here, and then we'll get your airing of grievances, um, which is essentially like uh, hold my beer. It's just a more festive and holiday edition. All right, uh, Joey Football, a lot of additions through the portal, some coaching changes for Pirate Football. What do you think of uh, what you've seen so far from Mike Houston's team? This is probably the best class that Coach Houston's brought in, especially since uh, my class came in, I think, as far as just instant contributors. You had uh, Jeremy Lewis, you had C.J. Johnson in that original class, Rick DeBrew, Demetrius Mooney, who started running back for, I think, eight games that year. So that was an instant impact class. I think you have the same thing right here. I mean, you've got a, a lot of guys, especially these DBs and those linebackers that they brought in. I mean, 6'1", 200, Kayvon Morrow. He's going to be an instant impact guy. I mean, he's a bigger linebacker. He's what you needed. He's that guy to kind of be the run stopper in the middle that you were hoping for. Obviously, the big talk's going to be Cole Hodge. As far as freshmen, we've heard all these great things. We've seen the arm. We've seen these things and these highlights. But what really stood out to me is this guy, Eric Fletcher. He's an athlete out of Fort Myers, Florida. He is six foot one, 188 pounds. So he can be a big physical receiver if you bulk him up a little bit. You could try and maybe move him into the backfield with a big running back, kind of a Cordell Patterson type thing, like a joker role in the new John David Baker offense. There's so much to look forward to. I mean, obviously, Caden Hauser is a huge yeah. addition that you're going to talk about for years to come, and receiver after receiver, and then the edge from Louisville committing. You're flipping the script pretty quick if you're the Pirates, and I, I like where they're headed. All right, Joe Sampson, airing of grievances time. Uh, here we go. Wait for it. The tradition of Festivus begins 
with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. All right, Joey Football, airing of grievances here on Festivus. I think the easiest that Mr. Costanza could point out is technology. I mean, everybody's the first person to say technology's great and you need more. And here I am sitting here. I've ruined the Festivus show already. I am not contributing to the IBX media team the way I need to. So uh, maybe fifth time's the charm. But that my airing of grievances is technology. Get it out of my life. Get it out of my system. We need uh, cans and uh, string. That's how we should connect. Dude, exactly. the worst part is he, he tested before the show and it worked. He get he's did everything right. He signed on early. I heard him. I don't know. Well, yeah. Uh, Joey Football may have fumbled. I'm going to blame uh, Pilkington and Busimi. Hey, just be today. We've already started blaming Busimi from this morning on Talk of the Town. Let's not just not flip right. it to Pilk, okay? Uh, yeah, no, no, no. I, I can't I can't blame Michael. Michael does too much. Okay, well, yeah, you, you, that's certainly fine by me if you don't want to. Hey, Joe. Thank you very much. Yes, a blessed hey. holiday season to you and your family. Merry Christmas and uh, a great new year to you. And uh, it's been great to get to know you better and work with you this year and uh, for us to become buddies. I really appreciate it. Merry Christmas, Patrick. Appreciate your company. All right. Thank you, buddy. Joe Sampson. Boy, we're off to a rip-roaring start, aren't we? Oh, yeah. The, fest- the Festivist show. Yeah, we couldn't have it any other way. Stephen Igo from Hoist the Colors, Philip the Ref Pilkington, myself on a holiday festive, hold my beer, and we call it a Festivus for the rest of us, and we'll have it for you right after this. Sometimes you just don't know if you want to kiss him or slap him. Either way, he'd probably like it. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. It is our uh, annual Festivus for the rest of us. Joe Flation? No, 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 no. Festivus for the rest of us. All right. Uh, we have Igo. We've got him. We have him on phone or video? Oh, there he Allegedly is. Allegedly here on video. Okay. Well, we're already off to a rip-roaring start. The great Stephen Igo with the festive Christmas red shirt on. And uh, I'm not going to scoop Igo's heat here. I'm just going to... I'm going to let him lead in because there's some breaking news with us. Everyone, a little breaking news for you. All right, I go. Major, major news that a lot of fans have been waiting for regarding pirate football here today. What you got from Hoist the Colors? That is correct. East Carolina this morning officially announced the transfer addition of Winston Wright Jr., the Florida State transfer slot return, uh, slot receiver return man. He was an all-conference guy at West Virginia. Went to Florida State, was involved in a car wreck a couple of springs ago and missed the 2022 season. Came back last year, and Florida State just had so many guys at receiver. I think he just ended up you know, getting over-recruited a little bit. But early in his career, he was a big-time player. And ECU ended up getting his commitment last weekend during his visit. Of course, they announced it today as he got his grant and aid papers in. That allows him to announce the transfers. Uh, so, big addition, man. You start to look at what they've added to this offense, and it's really coming together nicely this offseason. 
Well, and I mean, for all of last season, they had one receiver. That's it. I mean, one productive receiver. So this yeah. is obviously uh, gone uh, up. You've, I think you've added, you, you've upgraded that position undoubtedly. So uh, what do you think he will bring in particular? Again, he, he put up some really good numbers with the Mountaineers. Uh, as you noted, uh, had some tough luck at Florida State and kind of got lost in the shuffle. So uh, what do you think with uh, right now the quarterbacks on the roster, Hauser being kind of the the uh, potential starter, how do you think that and, and some of the other additions they've added, plus the running backs, uh, will fare in this offense? I mean, I, I think he's kind of the ideal slot receiver. They didn't really have a guy who worked underneath last year. Like Jalen Johnson was the slot receiver. But to me, and he, he did a fine job, but to me, dropped too many balls over the middle. Um, it wasn't consistent. Kind of like that Tyler Snee type third and five. All right, we know we're going to go to him, or at least the defense has to take him away. So really a go-to guy. And then you, can bear, you, you combine that with Chase Sowell on the outside. Also bringing in Anthony Smith and Omega Blake, two outside receivers. All of a sudden, you've got a slot guy. You've got three guys on the outside. Uh, this isn't even counting the four freshmen that signed. This isn't even counting Malik Leverett, who uh, registered last year, who I've heard has tremendous potential, a 6'3 receiver. Uh, Jari Patterson, Brock Spalding. So, like, all of a sudden, that receiver, you are extremely deep in terms of numbers. And then you got the running back room coming back. You got the tight end room coming back. You got the Hauser addition. We'll see if they add anybody else to quarterback. I think eventually they will. To me, it's starting to come together nicely. It's just how is it all going to gel? And then the big thing is offensive line-wise, can you be good enough up front to make this all work? Steve and I go hoist the colors. Uh, hoist the colors radio will uh, be on hiatus next week, but uh, it will return, I believe, January 2nd with a new edition at 12 noon. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, a new year of shows from Steve and I go. Um, I know there's some, st if you're looking for a last minute deal for a pirate in your life, uh, hoist the colors. Dot net would be, uh, would be great VIP deals. So tell us about it. Yeah. So we're always running some sort of special right now. I think it's 50% off an annual subscription to hoist the colors and of course, signing day for December has come and gone, but there's about to be a whole other transfer portal weekend or really a week of visits, January 2nd through 7th. So we'll have the scoop on that. And then, of course, you get the regular signing day in February. You get spring ball in March. That goes into April. Then you get summer recruiting. Then you get preseason camp. Then you get the season. So it's, it's really, I mean, it never stops. The new cycle for football never stops. And that's just football. It's not even talking basketball, baseball coverage, recruiting for those two sports as well. So yeah, 50% off. HoistTheColors.net. If you uh, want to try and give it to somebody as a gift, feel free to reach out to me, and I'll, I'll help make that happen for sure. Awesome. Uh, now, Stephen uh, does a fantastic job, and uh, it is uh, it is a great site and resource for recruits and the portal and all that. So it's pretty amazing. All right, um, I go. You know, you has I go Pilk has I go done uh, hold my beer before or no? One time. Okay, you have had it done at one time? Yeah, I, I one time. Remember. One time. Okay. I don't think Igo's held a lot of beers. I think they're usually going down, maybe, if, uh, if, well, that, if there's you know, not Igo's got two to kids many, right now. I think he's holding a lot of baby bottles, having to, to feed kids right now more than he's holding the his own drink. Oh. Yeah. Pilk, Pilk blows the Joe Sampson spot, and then we put him on camera. Jeez Louise. Hey, All right. You told me to come on camera, and it ain't my fault Joe's technology is wonk, okay? <laughs> 
Pilk, you, you're dressed like you're ready to go Sunday to watch uh, your uh, Panthers win two in a row over the uh, Packers. I am, and the reason why I'm dressed this way is because I don't want to have to pack a big bag, but I need my apparel for the game when I go to the game, and this was smart. I just I'd wear it now, and then, you know. Planning ahead. Yeah. Planning ahead. Don't sleep in it. Just, just launder no. it properly. All right. Yeah. It is our Festivus show, uh, as you know. The tradition of Festivus begins... With the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. I go probably uh, would have a festivist gripe and an airing of grievance that I've been having. I've been wearing them out on the show here too much. That would probably be what it is. So That would um, never be it. Oh, look at that. Um, all right. By the way, I, I'm looking forward to you and I getting back together on the coaches show here on the 8th. Yeah, uh, we're getting a nice little extended break. We are. We are. And that's fine, but, you know, I, it would be good to pirate basketball with some good momentum. Um, all right, let's um, – why don't – I go, why don't you go first? A little airing of – it, it could be one, it could be a dozen, whatever. Your airing of grievances. A Festivus for the rest Yes, here we go. I celebrate Festivus. What do you got, I go? So, I mean, since we're on the topic of Christmas and the holidays, my grievance is – a bit close to home. We just we just celebrated my wife's birthday last night, December twenty first, oh. baby. My grievance is against December babies, but not the babies themselves. <laughs> it's to the parents. All right. So we we gotta think this thing through, okay? Think about how right. much extra stress goes on the people in their lives that have to not only deal with the craziness of Christmas, but also have to deal with celebrating their spouse or family members. You have to get double gifts. In about a span of a week, that's a lot of money, Patrick. I don't know if people realize how much money we have oh. to spend, especially if it's a, a wife or kid. Uh, you know, in this time, love my mom to death. She is also a December baby, December thirteenth. So mid to late December babies, love you guys. Uh, got a problem with with your parents? I'm gonna have to talk to uh, to my mother in law, and also, of course, uh, my mom's parents who have passed away. No, no. Uh, you know, I can't talk to them personally right now, but I've talked to them in the past about this. We got to think these things through. All right. So if you're, if you're a couple out there, you're thinking about having a kid, think about the timing a little bit. Don't want to put these kids, uh, close to Christmas and then they get overshadowed too. That's the reality too. A lot of times you'll get combined gifts. Nobody likes that. Yeah. And nobody yeah. likes having to spend this much money close to the holiday. So that's my grievance. Sorry to all, all the right. December babies. Uh, I feel your pain. It's a festivist miracle. That was a good one. You know, the the always the the babies always the December babies always feel like they are overlooked. Their birthday 100%. is as you just stated, and that they get combined gifts. By the way, my grandfather two week and a half ago turned ninety five. December baby. My grandma a couple days ago turned ninety. December baby. Shout out! Wow. All right, uh, and and on the other side of the in law fam part of the family have some December birthdays as well. Uh, two of my best friends were born the day after Christmas. Actually, so the struggle is real. The struggle is real. All right, uh, Philip the Ref Pilkington with uh, an airing of his grievance. A festivus for the rest. What do you have, Pilk? Well, first off, I'm going to show this uh, this clip that Igo just said to my parents because my sister's birthday is December 12th, and I 100 percent agree with you, Igo. That's a uh, a very smart festivus. I haven't heard that. Mine is a. Uh, not as holiday-driven. It's something I picked up on in a bowl game last night that drives me nuts. Okay, we've got all these new stupid rules in football, ejecting these kids from football games 
on plays that are unavoidable. And the reason why they're being ejected is because the idiots that are making the rules are doctors, not former players. They have no idea how fast a football play happens. For anyone who's never played football, if you've been in a 22-car pileup, that is the only comparison. Because it's like you remember what happened before, and then you like teleport what happened after, and you have no idea how you got there. So, look, I understand brain injuries are a part, and we need to prevent them. Do not get me wrong. And these neurobiologists do need to, you know, have input. But at the end of the day, there was a kid last night going in trying to knock the ball out of the quarterback's hand. He's playing the ball, and the quarterback's head kind of comes forwards. They hit heads. They eject the poor kid from a ball game. There's no way to avoid that play. Former players and officials need to make the rules. These doctors can advise, but they do not need to be in there saying that is an ejection because if by ejecting the kid, it didn't affect the hit from happening. That hit, now, don't get me wrong, sometimes guys launch and that is avoidable, but if it's avoidable contact, eject a kid all day. But you cannot be ejecting people for stuff that's unavoidable because it's going to happen regardless whether it's against the rules or not. You're not actually saving any brain injuries because it's an unavoidable hit. And the problem is, like, for anybody who's watched The Big Bang Theory, Amy is a neurobiologist. Okay, should she be making football rules? No, but that's who's making the rules as to how kids get ejected from football games, some of which are their last football games for plays where they're just making a play on the ball. It's stupid, and only players should be allowed to make rules about football. Another Festivus miracle. Bill going uh, hard to the hole on uh, medicine and science there. Trust the science, Bill. And- I did, look, look, the point is these rules are not actually saving anything because it's an unavoidable play. Yeah, the hit happens, yeah. Yeah, yeah, if you're making a play on the ball and you accidentally hit heads, like, you could eject the kid for the rest. He could be be at a rest-of-the-season suspension, and that play would still get made because it was unavoidable. That's the problem, is ejecting kids for unavoidable contact. I, I go, he also blurring the lines between uh, reality and uh, and television with uh, referencing a character from the Big Bang. But, I, I don't mean, know what that's the hell what that has to do with it. Like but Amy from that show, she's ner- that's the kind of people that are making these darn rules. They don't know anything about football. Which They're one great is people. she? They the, do a uh, lot for this country yes. and this world, but they do not know anything about They've never played football. How can you make a rule about a game you never played? I've you were exacerbated about this. Yeah, you have, you have Philip hates doctors. I don't hate. Uh, I, I don't like going to the doctor. Cause I don't like deals. I do kind of hate doctors, hates but, medicine. Yeah, but still, I don't take medicine either. I just kind of, you know, whatever. But anyways, we're not getting to that. But the point, not really. I mean, maybe like Advil. But yeah, I, I'm one of those. I don't go to the doctor. I never go. I can tell you the last time I've been to a doctor. All right, boy, yeah. this is this has taken an unfortunate turn here today. All right. Either way, um, quit ejecting kids from games for unavoidable hits. Football plays. Have I go. Do- That's it. I'm done. I forgot to I forgot to bring this up. Is do you have a prediction for twenty twenty four? I go a prediction. It could be about anything. A prediction. Anything. Yeah, anything. Uh, could be ECU wow. related. Could be just sports related. Could be. What is your prediction for twenty twenty? I'm springing this on you now because because Pilk's rant kind of rattled me, and and after his flub of Joe's feed, I, I I'm, right, I'm two, shook. Two predictions. Uh, yep. One, Philip will make an appearance at the doctor because he has to. Hopefully, nothing <laughs> bad happens. But I'm just gonna. Usually, what goes around comes around. Philip, if Daniel want to go, you're gonna have to end up going. Actually, uh, I'm, I'm going. I'm going in like two days, so there's that. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And then he'll make a follow up appearance. 
Yeah, 2024. <laughs> yeah, I hope not. I'm getting a little like, spot on my neck check. That one that was so bad when I was on camera on your show. So I hope go. not. That means it's something bad if I'm making a follow-up appearance. I go's gonna need a new producer uh, and be dead. Yeah, hopefully nothing nothing bad, <laughs> Philip. Uh now, all right, let me take that one back. All right. Prediction for twenty twenty four. Uh ECU will be in Omaha. There you go. Wow. Okay. Pilk, you got a prediction for 2024? Pirates win 10 games on the gridiron. Okay. I don't really have a, a prediction. I Boy, it is, isn't it? I, I you, Celebrations all around. I don't have a prediction. I have three books you ought to buy if you're looking for a last-minute stocking stuffer. Uh, Bethany Bradshers just released a book, Big Fish, Better Boats, The History of Sports Fishing and Boat Building. On the Outer Banks, Joe Albi and Nate Summers, our old friend there, Pil or uh, I go, Nate Summers. Joe Albi and Nate Summers, Mountain Wave, A True Story of Life and Death in Alaska. Great book. You should pick that up. Or David Lee Boyd's book, Marvin, about the great collection of stories about the great Marvin German. So three books you can get for uh, if you're looking for a last-minute Christmas gift or stocking stuffer for the reader in your life. All kinds of, uh, and, and and they're all kind of based on true facts and stories. Uh, all right. I go Merry Christmas to you and your family and all of your uh, staff at uh, Hoist the Colors and uh, all of the people that uh, subscribe there. I give them a hard time, but uh, uh, they are impassioned pirate fans, and uh, they uh, typically just want to win, and that's what it's all about at the end of the day. All right. Merry Christmas, I go. Thank you, buddy. Merry Christmas, guys. All right. There he goes. Steve and I go with us uh, here. Pilk will come back. Brian Mull, he'll join us. How's that sound to you? But Pilk, are we going to do an update or are yeah, we, are we doing I've no I've got it pulled up here. Uh, I was ready oh, to Oh, you go. do? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do that then. A 94-3 The Game sports update and pirate report with uh, the uh, doctor hating Philip the ref Pilkington. Well, thank you, Patrick. We will start in Pirate basketball. They will be off the next few days. However, Coach Schwartz says they need to come back on the 26th, ready to hit the ground running. And so for those three, four days, we will check on them to make sure they're good. The guys know when they get closer to Christmas, get back in the gym, start doing a little bit, because when we come back on the 26th, we'll probably practice twice and just to get up and down and, and get the wind back. And then we're, we're right back at it. There is no slow roll back into it. The Dodgers have added another key piece to their rotation by signing Japanese pitcher Yoshinobu Yamato. Yamato. I think that's right. Sorry about that. Uh, the 25-year-old Japanese pitcher was signed to a 12-year, $325 million contract. Last night, the South Florida Bulls got their first win, first bowl win since 2017 as they blanked Syracuse 45 to nothing in the Boca Raton Bowl. Also last night, the Rams won their fifth game in the last six weeks with a 30-22 victory over the New Orleans Saints. Both teams are still very much in the playoff hunt as the Rams have improved to 8-7. and seven. Saints fall to seven and eight they're still alive for the wild card as well as the nfc south speaking of teams in the wild card hunt the steelers will need a big win tomorrow against the Bengals to stay in it however they will have to do it without starting quarterback kenny pickett who will miss his third straight game and due to the lackluster performance from mitch trubitsky over the last two weeks head coach mike tomlin has says they will start mason rudolph who will be getting his first start since 2021 that'll do it for your 94 three the game source slash update and pirate report on the other side of this timeout we will continue our festivus of the rest of us show with brian maul 
taking the rage out of your drive home. You just cut me off, but it's no big deal. Patrick Johnson on 94.3 The Game and the new IBX Media app. All right, it is our uh, annual Festivus show, and it has uh, gone about as well as uh, you would think it would. Uh, thanks to Stephen Igo, thanks to Joe Sampson, and now joining us here in the Festivus show is uh, Brian Mull. A Festivus for the rest of Great tune here from Tom Petty, by the way. This is um, one of the best underrated Christmas songs. In my opinion. That's a good tune, isn't it, Maul? I mean, that's the late, great Tom Petty. What a tune. What a legend. Missing. Yeah. Brian Maul joining us here. Writer at large, college basketball, golf, at BG Maul on X. You have a great Twitter follow that involves Festivus you were telling me about yesterday? Yeah, um... I can't remember the name of it off the top. It's the of my head. Fe- it's it like just... Festivus on Twitter, isn't it, or something like that? Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty simple, straightforward. But they've been uh, posting as we were leading up to the big day here. If uh, I would I recommend everyone to give it a follow, there's some great uh, clips from the famous episode, and um, well, boy, that was an all timer, obviously. Yeah, I celebrate Festivus. We realize it's tomorrow, but we're not on the air tomorrow, so we're going to be. We're doing it now, our festival show. All right, uh, college basketball. Looks like Tyrese Proctor is going to be back uh, possibly sooner than later for the Blue Devils off that sprained ankle. So uh, did Duke become a better team in some senses with him in the out of the lineup? Uh, I should say better, but maybe a little bit more complete in some areas. Um, yeah, I think it forced uh, McCain and Foster to take on a bigger role uh, for Duke to reach its potential this year. They were not going to be guys who could just sit in the background and wait for other people to make plays. They were going to be asked to, to have the ball in their hands and to make shots and, and against good competition. And I think they showed – both of them uh, showed they're capable. I think uh, the, the the game the other night against Baylor was the first time they both really played well on the same night. Of course, you know what you're going to get from Roach. Filipowski was was Filipowski, double-double, um, even with some foul trouble. But uh, now they've got to work Proctor back in. It's a good problem to have. You know, frankly, Proctor has not – had not performed well before he injured his ankle. I thought he, he played poorly and uh, was pushed around in the Arizona game. And and then again, in the Arkansas game and unable to get, uh, you know, get to his spots and score. So hopefully, uh, you know, that they have a nice four, four guards for three spot rotation. And uh, it will be interesting to see how they implement. I'm sure Proctor will start, but certainly all the, uh, the other guys will play starter minutes. Some college basketball questions here for Brian Mull, who joins us uh, on this uh, Festivus for the Rest of Us edition of the PJ Show. Um, Memphis has won three in a row over ranked teams, and uh, they've been impressive victories. How good, and they're getting some guys eligible after the uh, after the new year as far as transfers. So how, and you don't know what that'll do to chemistry. We'll see, but how, I think Memphis right now, if they play at this level, uh, they are a second weekend, maybe deep second weekend team. I think this is Penny's best team 
um, uh, you know, talent wise, experience wise, and mo most importantly, chemistry. Uh, they shoot the ball a little bit better than some of his other teams, but they understand that, um, you know, their identity is on the defensive end and, and just being able to just uh, athletically overmatch opponents, which they did to Virginia the other night and have done to some of the other teams they've played. And uh, look, they're adding an elite rim protector in Walton from Kansas State. Uh, he was a big part of, uh, you know, their run in the NCAA tournament a year ago. And to be able to pick up a guy like that and implement him can only uh, help them. Uh, Penny was very candid in the preseason about uh, needing to schedule aggressively and, and, and the importance of the non-conference and his team being ready to go uh, right away so they could pick up these resume-building wins, and they have done that. And uh, like you said, uh, this is a dangerous Dangerous team, and uh, along with FAU, the clear favorites in the American, as we all expected. All right, uh, Brian, you saw a little bit of the Pirates and uh, Delaware State the other night. Again, consider the opponent, but I thought ECU uh, defensively was really locked in. Yeah, they're starting to uh, look like a Mike Schwartz team. I think uh, he was probably scratching his head a little bit the first five or six games. Uh, they did not have the defensive toughness and identity that we saw from them last year. And, you know, that happens sometimes when you have a team that's a little or, or much more offensively gifted. Um, you know, sometimes they forget about the other end of the court and they, they can get into this uh, habit of outscoring opponents. But um, the defense has been terrific now, five games in a row. Uh, the way they controlled tempo against Florida in a you know a semi road game uh, down down in the Sunshine State was very impressive. Uh, they 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 even though they came up a little short there, um, I thought that was a, a, a just a confidence building result. And then uh, to to take care of their business the other night to come home in a, in that sleepy spot right before Christmas when it's easy to uh, to maybe not give full effort. And look, uh, let's not overlook uh, or understate the the importance of adding a former four star guy like Cam Hayes, uh, and and that starting lineup is uh, I don't know I think it's the best starting five East Carolina's ever had in my life. Um, wow. I don't see a weak spot. The bench will have to come through for him. Saturday uh, game of note, you mentioned uh, Florida Atlantic number fourteen, and they are playing number four. Arizona in Las Vegas. So that could be the kind of game of this upcoming stretch, I guess, right? Yeah, and let's, uh, you know, we, we, we rag on these these programs sometimes, especially these top-level programs for, uh, you know, hiding out at home, if you will, in November and December and, and, and padding the schedule with a lot of 200 and 300-level teams. But uh, we've been treated to some great non-conference basketball. When you look at the schedules that uh, Alabama, Arizona, Purdue – UConn, uh, even North Carolina, uh, some of the matchups that those teams have played. Duke's had, to, uh, you know, uh, uh, some terrific matchups themselves. It's been great, and uh, I think we've seen these teams evolve and change a little bit, and uh, you know they'll continue to do so early in conference. But uh, yeah, FAU Arizona should be fun. Uh, I, I think Arizona is a legit national championship contender. I think FAU is uh, trying to prove that last year's run was not a fluke. Uh, they're certainly one of the top 10 or 15 teams in the country themselves. And, uh, yeah, that's a that's the last little present we get before Christmas. And then uh, we'll be, uh, you know, everybody kind of has the cobweb game, if you will, <laughs> coming back uh, <laughs> to, to kind of <laughs> loosen back up. And then, uh, boom, we're in conference play. All right, your airing of grievances, Brian Mull. 
The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. It's like hold my beer, but the holiday edition. I've got a lot of problems with college basketball officials who think that people bought a ticket and came to the game to watch them. Uh, you're in charge. You have the whistle. Establish what a foul is early in the game and just leave it right there. And when that happens, basketball can be fun. There's flow. It's beautiful. Sure, there's going to be fouls and free throws, but nobody wants to see the best players for either team sitting on the bench with three and four fouls most of the second half. Let, let them play a little bit, but set that line early and don't change it and don't try to even up the fouls. You know, sometimes one team's more aggressive. They're going to draw more fouls. So I have a lot of problems with college basketball officials who think they're getting paid by the whistle. It's a long-time gripe of yours. Anything with golf? That's a that's a little festive. Well, hang on, let's. Uh... It's a festivist miracle. Anything with golf, boy? Where would you start? We don't have enough time. My f nobody loves golf. Nobody has followed professional golf and enjoyed it and worked in it and covered it more than I have. And just right now, the whole temperature in the room, it's just I'm having a hard time being on anyone's side. And we just need to get everything worked out. Um, I enjoyed watching the PGA Tour Q School last week as much as anything because you had five guys, most of whom had no status on any tour beyond the Corn Ferry Tour, who were fighting for their professional lives. And that was enjoyable. And I just don't know how interesting it's going to be um, if, if it's only about the money. Nobody is uh, saying that, uh, you know, the, the best in the world at any professional sport shouldn't be compensated and compensated well. But um, it just feels like w nothing but bottom line and how many zeros are in a contract or a purse have dominated the conversation for the last year. And um, I just hope that uh, we can we can get away from that. And, uh, you know, maybe it won't happen until Augusta in April. But uh, let's just get back to getting the best players together a dozen times a year and playing golf. Another Festivus miracle. Let me ask you this. Do you have a prediction for 24? It could be anything. What is your prediction for 2024? Uh, I'm going to go with golf. Uh, Ludwig Aberg, the young Zunite. Swede, mm -hmm. starting the Ryder Cup. If he doesn't get the number one in the world, he gets very close in his first wow. full year as a professional. To me, he is the prototypical golfer because he has the head of a 30-year-old and a golf swing that just looks like it's so simple and durable and going to hold up forever. And he has a pedigree. He was the number one college player. He's been the top amateur and he's proven already that, that he can be a terrific professional. And uh, I, I, I see him contending, if not winning a major, and, um, and and becoming that next guy. We're due for another guy. Like, it's yeah. been, uh, it's you know, uh, the last guy, I guess you would say. I don't know. You know, we've had some Rory, Kepka. We've had some guys there in the conversation. But um, looked like it was going to be my guy, Zalatoris, but and he's, you know, banged up, obviously, so... I hope he get. I hope he's healthy. Um, it was great to see him back at Tiger's event, and, and it seems like he's full go to play a full schedule. But um, you just never know. You hate to hear back 
back surgeries yeah. for someone that young. I mean, it's, it's scary, but uh, yeah, he certainly it, it, he should he should be a top ten player. But uh, this Aberg, I, I just think he's got it. He, he just uh, he looks like a stone cold killer. I think next week, if you're around, we may try to get you. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. So we'll be on next week. We'll be back to five o'clock Friday. But uh, we'll see. This is another good tune. The Elton John Christmas. Step into Christmas. Not bad. Not bad. Mole looks like it's... What am I listening to? All right, Mole, thank you. Merry Christmas to you and the family. And uh, we'll come back and wrap the show up right after this. And now... The stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. One of the uh, great Christmas songs that kind of talks about the familial experience. Merry Christmas from the family. I know its original performer is often credited, Robert O'Keefe, but this is the Montgomery Gentry version. And the Robert Earl King, the original, is what we should have played, Patrick. Yeah. yeah. This is uh, the version I prefer. Well, I was going to roll this to a certain point, Pilk, but we got some breaking news on the Festivus show. Uh, FSU trustees chair Peter Collins. Today we've reached a crossroad in our relationship with the ACC. I believe this board has been left no choice but to challenge the legitimacy of the ACC grant of rights with its severe withdrawal penalties. Brett McMurphy reporting this. Florida State mentions Maryland's exit of the ACC as having relevant info that could help SFU in 2012. Maryland said it was leaving the ACC and found a way to negotiate what the ACC said was a $52.2 million exit fee down to $31.3 million. Typically, schools like Maryland did with ACC pay about 60% of what they owe. In exit fees, sources tell the Action Network. Uh, David Ashburn, Florida State's legal counsel, said for the Seminoles to withdraw from the ACC, it would cost $572 million. So that would be maybe about 60% of what it might very well uh, end up being. All right. How about that for the uh, for the end of the big uh, program? All right. Uh, Pilk, Merry Christmas to you. Michael, Merry Christmas to you as well. Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. Merry Christmas, Patrick. I enjoyed it. It was fun. It's finally here. As the uh, Festivus show goes, it was one. A Festivus for the rest of We're blaming Joe for all of our problems today. I'm just going to blame Joe. Got off to the wrong start. Got yep. off on the wrong foot. All right. Uh, thanks to uh, Joe Sampson. Thanks to Stephen Igo. Thanks to Brian Mull. Thank you for uh, consuming the program however you do i hope it is a very merry christmas for you i hope it is a uh, blessed christmas for you i hope it is a uh, prosperous new year but uh, most importantly i hope it's a safe christmas for everybody out there we will be back uh wednesday yeah three shows next week wednesday thursday and back on five o'clock friday are we sure about that we need to double check that no it's we're for All sure right. Wow, I don't even know what to do. All right, we will uh, join you Wednesday for the Patrick Johnson Show. Have a great, fabulous Christmas, everybody, and uh, be safe out there. We'll talk to you next week. Merry Christmas.